0: Good evening and welcome to the coffee radio. Good evening and welcome to the coffee clash. This is Mae Wilkinson with my guest. Good evening and
1: welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview.
0: Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clatch. This is Mae Wilkinson and I am going to be moderating tonight's um interview with a very talented and successful entrepreneur, Shara Lawrence-Weiss. Shara owns not one, but two companies, one called Mommy Perks and the other, Personal Child Stories. And in addition to all of that, Shara is also the mother of three children, expecting a fourth, and one of her child does have special needs. So Shara, welcome to the Coffee Clatch. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on. So one of the things that we were so happy to have you on this show was because of you learned how to have it all. So for many of us who who are more or less homebound um, in, in many ways so that we can take care of our kids who, who have disabilities or other special needs, but, you know, we miss that intellectual stimulation. And you have managed to be able to be a full-time mom, but also to have two very thriving businesses. Can you tell us um, how you got started? <clears throat> yes, actually.
1: Um, I'll say first off, a lot of it has to do with the fact that my husband and I both work from home. And so we're both here to kind of carry the load and um and, you know, we've, we've been in and out of child care situations for years now and finally ended up getting a live-in nanny so that we could run our businesses and um, have somebody helping with the kids. So, you know, for the moms out there who are thinking, how does she balance this, you know, being at home with the kids and doing all the errands and cooking and cleaning, And um, I definitely have, have help with the load. So um, don't feel as though, you know, I'm able to pull this all off by myself. Um, but with my first business, personal child stories, my son was born with a medical condition, um, numerous medical conditions in his right eye, and they ended up taking his eye out just 10 days after he turned one, and he got a prosthetic eye put in, and he was struggling with the eye and taking it out a lot and chewing on it and hiding it in cereal boxes and in his toys, and I couldn't find the eye, and we'd have to go get more made, Um, and then he had to get glasses because his right eye um, had no had no seeing power in it, and so we got glasses to protect the other eye, you know, from sticks and rocks and childhood play and things like that. So um, after a while, my mom and I sat down and talked about what we could do to help him modify the behavior of taking this eye out and chewing on it. And eyes are quite expensive, they're about $3,500 per eye um, with the, with a specialist, and then if you have insurance coverage, still about 700 So if he chewed on one and we had to, you know, get another one made or fix it and have it polished, it was always a high expense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I kind of went looking around for things that I could do to help him and talk to him about, you know, the reasons that we keep the eye in, the reasons that you keep your glasses on. There's nothing on the market for prosthetic eyes for children, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. A quick Google search will tell you there's, you know, no mainstream kids' books that help with that behavior issue. So my mom, having worked in special needs, she's been in special needs classrooms for about 14 years now, and she's a CASA worker now. Um, But she sat down and said, you know, there's something called social stories, and Carol Gray makes these social stories, and typically it's clip art. That what if we took real photographs of him and showed the eye and why it's important and we made a bed for the eye and pictures of his family and said you know let's use let's use real photos and real text and real people in the story and then you make him your own book. So I did, but I really wanted it to be more um, something that he could carry around and hold and play with and it wouldn't get destroyed. And so I took it to the. Um, I think it was Staples was the first place I went, or Kinko's. And I had them laminate it for me and bind it. And it cost me $65 to have that done. And I had already made the book. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kind of sat there for about eight years. I sat on this idea thinking someday I want to start a business like this that can help other kids and help with behavior issues and special needs and not have to charge so much. Um, you know, because it's really expensive to go and get it done. At an office supply store, you pay for every single page they cut is a (laughs) dollar. Every page they laminate was like five bucks, and then to bind it was five bucks. So you add that up, and I'm thinking, you know, no one could afford to get more than one done at that kind of price. So um, I decided... Back in 2007 to start this business I was pregnant with my second child Working at a preschool <laughs> You know so had a million other things Going on and it just hit me during pregnancy That I wanted to start it and start it right then <laughs> So I did I started it up and just used cash To buy um, my equipment You know the computer, the printer The ink, high end paper A binding machine, a laminating machine All the laminating sheets The coils and I just went online and found things that I could buy in bulk and set it up. And it took a lot of practice to figure out how to get all the pages cut perfectly. Because I do them page by page. I cut and laminate each page one at a time. And so, at you know, at an office supply store, they have a big machine that you can put up to like a million pieces of paper and it does one cut. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that. So I figured out how to make these books. And it took months and months to figure out how to get it all right. And now I just have it down in the business. The business has really taken off over the last couple of years.
0: Well, so, so what I'm hearing is, is something that, that I hear quite often, and I, I also have my own company. So uh, basically you, you did something to help other people and fulfill right. a need uh, that you thought was being unmet. And that is one of the most common traits of entrepreneurs. They they right. look for a problem to solve. And especially yes. if it's you know, if it's if it's helped them personally. Uh moms in particular, we, we like to share what we know. So that's that's one of the, the, the traits I think of being an entrepreneur. What other personality traits do you think are required for um a person to start their own company like this, especially, you know, juggling um Children and, and, and home needs, as, as well as family. What, right. What? What, what, um, what do we? What do people? I don't think it's for everybody, is it? What? What do? What do you think makes you so successful?
1: Um, for me, you know, my other
0: business is a lot of marketing
1: and PR for other small businesses, and so I've been able to kind of watch people succeed and watch others crash and burn, <laughs> and sort of learn. And, which sounds awful, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. I don't know how to say this without being sexist, but men seem to, to be able to run a business without as much emotion in the background of it. But the women that I work with who run a business really seem to be more successful if they have that giver's gain mentality. And I mean, men do too. But from what I've learned, moms really want to connect with other moms on some kind of personal and emotional level. So if you have a story and a background, um, you know, something you've overcome, some kind of challenge that you've risen to the top of, that resonates, I think, with mom buyers Mm
0: -hmm.
1: more more than anybody else. And so I've noticed that moms are more willing to buy if they know my story, you know, more willing to buy from others if they know their background story. And like you said, what started it? What was the need? What did this person overcome to make it happen? There's that deeper connection, and from what I've seen, <clears throat> moms really like to have that connection. Somehow, they want some sort of emotional bond or tie to the things mm-hmm. that they're buying. Um, you know, maybe I just haven't worked with enough men to see it from them, but certainly from the mom perspective.
0: Um, so, that's, so, I think that's been a lot of it for me. Well, that's one. That, that's so. That's an, that's another trait so the first trait is finding a need the second trait is is moms seeking a community of other moms so that's why a lot of these um you know parent-based businesses are are cropping up everywhere and they're very very right. valuable because it's moms sharing with other moms what they've learned and getting paid for it um right but, but i still I, I i know that that um I've run across a lot of women who've tried to start a business and, and it it just hasn't worked out for them. What are some of the mistakes right. that they make? Um, one, I think uh, being a
1: detail-oriented, detail-oriented person is very helpful. If you can focus on details of things, it's very helpful for starting your own business. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen people make is that they try to start a business that's either already out there, there's something already out there, they're trying to sell something that's already on the market all over the place, and so there's far too much competition. Um, or they're starting something up because they think it's going to make money, but it's not really where their heart is at.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, if
1: that makes sense, they, they look at something and think, oh, I could sell that, that would probably be you know, a good way for me to make some income for my family. But if they're not really passionate about the product or the service, It doesn't happen. Um, You know, and you can kind of tell that when you talk to people. You can tell if they're really excited and passionate about what they're doing and, um, you know, link it to their background and to their knowledge and to their skills and their talents and their gifts. And, um, you know, when you start something up that your heart is really in and you're really passionate about it and you want to get out there and put it on the market, I, you know, you you end up with this mentality that you're not going to quit no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to give up. It doesn't matter how many people say, you know, oh, this is going to be so hard. This is going to be really challenging. You don't care. Mm-hmm. So, so to me,
0: that's that's a big one. So passion and persistence are also those personality characteristics. Right, <laughs> right. You to be perfectly, perfectly alliterative about that. Persistence, yep. and personality traits, and passion, and detail oriented. Detail oriented. What about pricing? Uh, I know that that so many women put hours, and you probably did too when you started out. You put hours and hours into your product, but right. you couldn't command enough, you know, enough of a price. That probably would have been a three hundred dollar book based upon all your <laughs> <learning> curve. <laughs> exactly. So you, yeah, you're you, right. You, yeah. So I think you know pricing it correctly is uh you know in line with market conditions um and when you get your production down you you can be so much more cost effective um but i think that's another uh-huh. problem that uh, new entrepreneurs face is that they they don't charge enough for their product or they charge too much and price themselves out right and they don't have enough put aside uh so that's something else you might most of It sounds like you had a a husband, a spouse who was working and had a steady income and you wanted to use this business to get supplemental income, which is probably a smarter way to do it than someone who's starting from scratch and thinking that this business is automatically going to earn them a living. Is that correct? Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, and my husband is um, a web designer and
1: developer, and so we face that a lot where people – come to us and want to put up a website and just assume they're going to start making money. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just doesn't work that way. There's so much time and sweat and blood and tears put into every business that is successful. You know, and you read about people like Michael Dell and people who go door to door trying to sell something and, you know, it takes them years to get to the point of actually making profit. So you're right, having some kind of income in the background or keeping your day job Mm-hmm. You know, until you're able to fund yourself is a much smarter way to go, in my opinion, than quitting your job, taking out, you know, a $100,000 loan and thinking by next week I'll have a website up and I'll start making lots of money. And it just doesn't happen that way.
0: Mm-hmm. But what, can you talk a little bit about the benefits of when you do get the right product with the right passion and at the right price? And <laughs> Can you talk about yeah, and the benefits? And, I will, and I'll touch real
1: quickly, if you don't mind, on the um, pricing, too.
0: Sure.
1: Because you're right. You're right. The books, um, even to this day, I've gotten it down to where one book takes me about six hours to finish because I write them all oh. from scratch. Oh, wow. And so even for six hours, you know, for a book that's $30, it's hardly worth it based on an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were to look at that as an hourly rate, it's under minimum wage. <laughs> So I I really, you know, I have two businesses. I have two businesses that um, work together to help make money and and bring income in. Um, So, you know, I don't want people to think, you know, even when you have the pricing down, you don't always end up making a lot of money from it because if it's something, especially educational businesses, they don't always turn a large profit. So, you know, having something else in the background that, that also brings in income is good. Um, but yeah, I I had to test the market. I put out different prices to start with and, and saw no sales at all. And then I put, you know, a much lower price out and saw lots of sales come and I didn't have the time to do it, so I had to adjust and put it somewhere in the middle so that it was still worth my time, but you know, wasn't wasn't taking up so many hours of my time that it was just ridiculous mm-hmm. for for what little bit was coming. Um but yeah, I'm Ben- Was
0: the last question you asked the benefits? Is that what well, you asked me? Well, I asked now? about benefits, and then I'd love to get into the mechanics of you know some of the accounting things that we go through. And um, so, why don't we talk about? Let's let's not let's stop scaring the moms and let's uh, would be entrepreneurs <laughs> out there, and let's tell them about when you do get it right. What are the benefits?
1: Right, when you do get it right, um, for me, working all day is a joy, you know, I get up and I want to do what I'm doing I want to sit here and work, I enjoy you know, my days, I don't dread going to work or getting up and feeling like I'm working for somebody else constantly and never doing what I want to do, I feel like I'm living my purpose, you know, living my passion my dreams, Um, my needs are being fulfilled as a woman, which I feel makes me a better mother you know so there's there's a lot of things for me helping others um community service all the things that that I get to do working from home I can still attend my kids events and drop one at school or pick one up or go to a class party and not have to miss those things so to me the benefits far outweigh the cons
0: mm-hmm. well and I I think you're absolutely right um so so find your passion and um and then and then try to work on it and and be smart about your pricing and about the market and and see what happens and if nothing else you, you have a hobby um and a hobby right. that can maybe bring in a little bit of money and that that at least you know gives you some something to call your own which is right. I, I think also very important because we tend to get absorbed by our kids. They become mm-hmm. all we we eat, sleep and breathe. They're their, their right. every success and their every difficulty and every challenge. So I, I think this is very healthy for mothers to do as well. Right. Now let's talk a little bit about how they can pull it off. You mentioned first finding a need and a passion. I think that's a good one. A number of women are also excellent writers, and so there's a lot of people looking for freelance writers. And if you're artistic, you know, freelance web designers. Um, And how do you find those jobs? Well, you can go to your ex-bosses or you can work part-time or uh, maybe advertise at something like guru.com. You know, you mentioned that your husband is a web designer. Where does he pick up his leads from?
1: Um, well, he actually started his business about 14 years ago, so he's been around for a long time, and he um, really just started with word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And then he advertises a little bit, but not. he hasn't needed to a whole lot just because he's had so much word of mouth. But mm-hmm. through my businesses now, we own multiple websites, and so we cross-link all of the websites, Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the writing thing, and that, that's true. That can be very helpful for people to get freelance jobs. And even if you're not getting paid to write an article, you're still getting the bio
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and the back link, and that can bring you jobs. And that certainly brought he and I both work mm-hmm. by guest posting for other people and writing for other blogs.
0: Correct. And then you can put your, uh, some affiliate links within your lo- blogs. And if someone buys um, something that you've written about, um, then you can get a little bit of a commission. And, I mean, there there are all sorts of little ways to, to add, um, and especially now with, with social networks, there are all sorts of ways to make a little bit of, you know, spending money and, and to give yourself a little bit of, you know, just a treat or breathing room. Right. Now, what about some of the... Downsides. I I also know that it's it's sometimes it's there is no break. You are on twenty four hours seven days a week. If it's not kids, it's work. If it's right, that it's husband. I mean, so is can you talk a little bit about the risks of owning your own company? Yeah, I would say probably one of the biggest downfalls for
1: us is um, no regular income. You know, there's never there's never a regular, well, I, I should say until the last couple couple of years, I've, I've been picked up now by people and worked for them long term for several months to help run their social media campaigns. And that's been regular monthly income to count on. But generally speaking, when you work for yourself, you could have a great month. For a lot of people, that's the winter months through the holidays. You know, that's when there's an uptick in sales. And then January comes and you fall into the ditch. And most of my clients completely stop selling until around spring break. And then they pick up for summer again. Um, You know, then there's a break in the fall. So you sort of have to plan for that, too. Like, what's your business? Is your uptime going to be in the summer, you know, the autumn, the winter, um, you know, the fall? You have to, or spring, you have to kind of think that through and plan for those times, which can be really, really hard Unless you're a good accountant, mm-hmm. and in my case, I'm not because I'm, I'm, you know, all right-brained and I need a calculator just to add. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not good at planning <coughs> for the downtime. I'm getting better. I'm mm-hmm. getting better. But if you're somebody who's money-focused, you know, and you're much better with math and and numbers, then you could certainly do it. But for a lot of creative people, I found it it's really hard to know and and to plan for those down times because you just get so excited when there's this big uptick you know and then your family can go and spend some money and then you're
0: like oh yeah I should have <laughs> I should well have and this is a perfect thing. for the winter sure and this is a perfect thing to talk about there there are ways to 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 work that so for me right. I I'm kind of in the same boat I won't spend anything um that I earn this year until next year Right. <laughs> and that's my way of saying I have enough for taxes. I have enough for, you know, right. all of these other expenses. I'm just not going to spend it until the following year, and then everything will have shaken out that I need to shake it out for. <laughs> so that's one trick. Right. Another trick is, you know, accountants will tell you to keep your your business expenses and your household expenses separated. I don't do that. Right. But, but that's yeah, my
1: is. my husband is really good at that, and I'm horrible at it. So <laughs> he's always telling me, "You really have to focus more on separating, so we know where the money's
0: going." And <laughs> You know, I've always yep. thought it, Yeah, it's a good thing for entrepreneurs to go to the Small Business Administration and uh, talk to what's called a SCORE counselor. And the SCORE counselor right. is yep. a service corps of retired executives, and and they can just basically walk you through a tutorial of what is a business plan, and you know how to do your taxes, and you have to file every quarter, and um, you know, what your deductions can be, an accountant can help you with that because you can get a lot of things deducted. Um, what else have I learned? Oh, if you bring on subcontractors, how to, how to, you know, at what point do you have to give them a 1099? So are these things that you too, Shara, have had to learn in your experience? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Very funny, right? Of course. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, some of it, some of it, we... We have a live-in nanny now, so we have to do more of that. Mm -hmm. But I do have a giant plastic tub sitting next to me that this year I've collected all my receipts. None of them are organized. (laughs) (laughs) They're all in there. They're all in there. So when my husband does the taxes, I'll hand him this big plastic box and say, here, I saved them all this year. You're welcome. (laughs) But, no, I, I have to get better at that kind of stuff. and. Honestly, honestly, my businesses didn't really start making a lot of income until, um, you know, just this year is when things really picked up. I had I had a lot of traffic and um, was guest writing for people like crazy for the last couple of years. I used to freelance for magazines and journals, and um, I've been a writer for many years, and so that was always income for me. You know, magazines will pay anywhere from ten to you know, one hundred and ten dollars an article. So I've made money writing and things like that, but it was always such small increments of money that it didn't it didn't matter a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And now that my businesses are picking up to the point that they are, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely have to start learning to to track things better and um, you know, I, last year I had to go through PayPal. A lot of mom-owned businesses use PayPal to do their sales. Mm-hmm. And thankfully PayPal will track everything so I can go back in at tax time. And print everything off and see where all the donations were that I made, where all of the sales were, um, you know, all the things that I purchased from other people, and I can track it through PayPal. So PayPal's kind of been my savior. <laughs>
0: yeah, but, absolutely. And and there are uh, there are tools like that around. When I first started, I I used to work at Fortune 10 companies and uh, a couple of them, and and I thought, oh, I had to be just like just big corporation, and no, no, it's not true. You can develop the same kind of discipline without having to have an army of <laughs> accountants and lawyers right. and service providers. So I think uh, today's interview is, is about half an hour, and I wanted to spend some time having you talk in, and say in your own words a little bit about your company's uh, you talk about personal child stories, but what about Mommy Perks?
1: Right, and Mommy Perks. Um, mm-hmm. Actually,
0: I, I bought advertising
1: on Mommy Perks way back when for my book business, and then the owner asked me to become her partner, and then I later bought her out. So in early 2009, I took over Mommy Perks and became the full owner. And my husband and I worked together to rebuild the site and basically rebuild the entire concept. So... Mommy Perks is sort of a marrying of my background, um, skills, and my, my passions. And I have worked with kids for over 23 years. I was a nanny for 16 years. I've got three kids of my own, another one coming, you know, a background in early childhood. And so I kind of took all those things. we created numerous websites. So we've actually got 12 websites now. And I write for myself, and I write articles for lots of other sites. And then with Mommy Perks, I do marketing and PR for other small businesses. So, you know, SEO and backlinks and um, guest blogging and getting my clients picked up for reviews. I run a few giveaways here and there. I try not to focus on that too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of interlinking between all of our sites. So you kind of find a, a little bit of everything on Mommy Perks between small business. Reviews, PR, marketing, um, free business tips. I write a lot of articles about you know where you can advertise for free, how you can do it yourself, you know, market for your own business. I have guest writers come on who will share tips on how people can get their products into stores. Um, I'll feature other people on my blog; they'll feature me on theirs. And then parenting tips, and then through our other sites, I do a lot of the early childhood stuff. So mm-hmm. play and um crafts and recipes and activities and parenting ideas and things like that so there's a little bit of everything
0: <laughs> and so you the, and the way mommy perks makes its money is through advertising uh being in a directory and also your own consulting for small businesses
1: yes i do con- more and more consulting these days because people um i do pr also so like the pr packages are more expensive and much more time consuming for me um, a lot of moms I found don't have that kind of income. They would rather just hire me for an hour or two to pick my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I've I've definitely branched out into the consulting more recently. Um, I run Facebook campaigns for people, Twitter campaigns. I run two other
0: businesses' blogs where I write all their content.
1: Well, and see so there you go.
0: Like- Perfect. So so all those moms out there who have their business plans and their passion and their problem that they've wrestled with and finally solved after much ingenuity um start your business and then go to mommy perks and um start marketing your services and won't that yep. be great that would be a <laughs> wonderful thing and what is your what is your um here link shara uh
1: mommy perks is mommyperks.com mhm and then the book business is personalchildstories.com and then okay. each of those sites links out to our other sites. So you'll see buttons and banners and things that you can click over to the other sites too.
0: Well, I think it's great. And and obviously you've done a wonderful job. And, and for anyone who already does have a business and, and wants to increase their visibility on the sites, that's great too. Now can they also, through Mommy Perks, is there, is there anything uh, else that you want to tell aspiring entrepreneurs out there, Shara, before we sign off for the evening? Yeah, I think my, my main tip
1: would probably be to just buckle down through the storms because they're going to come. You know, no one, don't don't ever assume that any small business started up and didn't have people saying negative things about it. You know, that's just not true. So you really have to grow a thick skin and realize, you know, if you love what you're doing, you believe in it, you believe that it fills the need in the market, you're going to have to step over and walk past the negative stuff, you know, until you get up to that, the top of that mountain and over the other side. And it's not easy, but, it, you know, eventually it comes.
0: Wonderful. Well, it's been a pleasure, Shara. Thank you so much. And uh, You
1: too. Thank
0: you for having me. My pleasure. Have a good evening. And thank you, you everyone. Too. <laughs> All right. Good night, okay. everyone. Bye-bye. Good night.